Card presents Back Issue Bloodpath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. It's all about crushing your enemies and leaving driven before you. It's a good time. It's what's best in life. It's what's best in comics. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week we are looking at Conan the Barbarian, the new series in 2023 at Titan Comics. The first four issues, the first full story arc of this run, written by Jim Zub with artwork by Rob Delator and colors by Jose Villarubia. And uh, you and I have like a special experience involving this series. You betcha. I, thanks to you, got to spend some time with the super, super hype enthusiastic writer of this one, Jim, who, I mean, that whole expression about do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life sounds like BS until you meet someone like that. Yeah. Who's like legitimately enjoying what they're doing, but they've been doing it a long time and just like getting that fresh hit off of a title that you know they said they worked on a lot of stuff they thought was awesome but this one like really hit in a way that they weren't expecting but just the legitimate like childlike glee from this grown-ass man talking about his job that is like very much translated into the work where i feel like i want to play dungeons and dragons like i want to you know basically just tear off my shirt and run around and stab stuff like this this is that and this was the vibe i got when we talked to him yeah definitely yeah jim zub a man who truly loves conan he got to write him a little bit at marvel but now that the license has uh moved on to titan comics they decided to bring him along to write this new series and it's special for the fans of Conan, not just because it's high adventure, but also you add in Rob Delator's artwork that just feels like old John Buscema from the Savage Sword of Conan magazine. It has that kind of authentic feel of a Conan story. It's like you can feel the words of Robert E. Howard seeping into every scene and moment, even though they're doing not verbatim retellings of stories this time around, but stories that fit into the lore. Like for me, because a lot of people forget that Conan was written by Robert E. Howard as sort of like, I'm going to do Western tales, but in, you know, a more of a period piece in more of a fantastical realm. But essentially when you break down the beats, they're just Westerns. And then this series kind of takes it up a level. It's like, yeah, that's there, but we're really going to dig into the fantasy portion of it, the, the lore of it with this. And it doesn't feel out of place. The first arc involves the cursed army of the lost. Basically, a bunch of soldiers who have been made mindless and are like zombies that just keep fighting. You stab them, they keep coming at you. You cut off their limbs, they keep coming at you. And, you know, of course, that's been seen in comics so many times, but just that first shot of the Army of the Lost coming at you in issue one, 
it's like, bam, you're there. It's like that kind of energy that I feel is gone from comics because we've been kind of zombied out over the past 10 years. It comes back with a passion because it's Conan, because it's being seen in a new light and it's not the only thing we see. Here's the thing, listener. If I'm reading Conan, I'm not looking for Batman-level detective skills. Mm. Like some tracking, you know, some some stealth and underbrush, some making moves, hunting things down. But this is a good adversary-type class for him because what my boy can do is he can hack and slash and take some blows, some light drowning, and keep coming. It plays to his strengths. Yeah, it does play to his strengths. And we get a nice setup at the beginning here is that basically Conan, he's going home. He's had a lot of, you know, adventures and he's heading back north to Samaria, his homeland. And just so happens that as he's stopping off at a, a small township on the way and having some ale, talking to the, uh, the ladies of the night there and having a good time breaking up a fight, things like that. Just so happens this army of the lost, a group of cursed people from the Picts who are attacking the land have come. And before they get there, one character, Brissa of the Gurian tribe, who is a Pict woman, she rides on ahead like a Paul Revere. <laughs> you know, the, the army of the lost is coming. She's warning everybody. And of course, people don't believe her. Like, oh, shut up. You stupid woman, all that kind of what you'd expect kind of crap from people who, when they hear something fantastical, they attack the, the messenger. But of course she's right. And they're in the thick of it and we get into it and it becomes not just Conan's story, but Briss's story as well. And I really enjoyed the kinship between these two together in the story. Of course, issue two, they get it on. It's a Conan book. You got to get it can, in there. She can handle a sword. She can handle the sword. Exactly. She can handle that sword very well. And the two of them, though, it's amazing. Before they get to that, you get a whole issue and a half of two people, as they say, um, uh, what's it called? Game, rep, uh, game recognizes game. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the fact that the two of them look at each other and see that they are like the mirror image, that adds to this passion. It's like they are warriors not only on the land, but in the sheets as well. Yeah. And instead of just saving herself she tried to warn the next town over where they were headed she didn't have to stay in the path of these zombies she could have just bounced yeah but she's somebody who's gonna go back and try and save people to her detriment but that's another thing that i think he respects about her yeah and it's funny because at the end when they finally get away from the army the first time conan's all like well you know those these guys, I don't know what's up with their deal, but if they make their way up to Samaria, oh, they're going to get their asses kicked. And Bruce is like, they're already there. Yeah. <laughs> and so it then becomes like a traveling like, and again, Brissa, she, she did her job. She warned people. She didn't really have to stick with Conan after that, but she goes with Conan and the two head north to basically try to save the Samarians. I'm going to say it looks like they both put it down with, relish so i can't imagine she meets too many people along the road that can give her that good uh, <laughs> reminds me of a song uh by duran bernard called relocate assume what part i'm talking about here so good makes you want to relocate i feel like on both sides they were both given that good and just in general 
you know, listener, if you've uh, listened to other episodes, I love like a cave hookup. There's just something about it. And this one does one of my favorite things. It just uses the shadows of the cave to do like that subtle, like, oh, we're going to just like hide some body parts. Yeah. This is not a for little ones comic for sure. No, no. There's, there's, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of, a lot of body, yaddy, yaddy. I mean, nary a shirt was like a full shirt was ever worn. We're getting straps. We're getting bits. We're getting cloaks over very like lightly clad bodies. They, they are dressed for agility and fighting. We're not seeing armor here. Whatever scraps of fur we can wrap around ourselves yeah. or, or lay on. It's a great use of enjoyment of the form in all its extremes and also she's swole too that's the other thing oh yeah, like. yeah 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 well that's what i'm saying they're equal in measure like she is a yeah. warrior the other thing that's kind of funny because you brought up a lot of uh shirtless stuff and stuff like that this continues the tradition of conan series is that the series starts he's got a helmet in full garb at the beginning of issue one by the end of issue one that helmet's long gone and the garb is pretty much half gone itself i always think it's like in the times we don't see Conan, is he going into town's going, got to buy myself a new helmet, gets the helmet. He knows he's going to lose it as soon as fights start. But you got to see the hair flowing. It's all part of his whole deconstructed fit. He's like mm. the opposite of a video game character that gets more clothing as they continue on. Hits. He levels up by <laughs> removing clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, listen, homie gets tossed in the drink. If he was wearing his full armor, it would have weighed him down too much. True. True. Yeah. Man, but uh, yeah, so they take this journey to the north. They have some fights with some of the cursed army of the lost along the way. And when they finally make it to Samaria, there's this gigantic forbidden fortress. And when I saw that, I'm like, fucking right on. Gotta love a classic villainous, you know, final boss kind of hideout. And when you get in there, you realize the final boss is a part of the fortress itself, the Black Stone. Of course, this entire first arc is called Bound in Black Stone. And so he's fighting a stone. <laughs> and of course, a stone can't fight for itself. It has to use all of the people that it's infected. But just the idea of that, that it's like, oh, okay, this isn't like a story about a MacGuffin. In this case, the MacGuffin is the thing that is the entire root of the problem. And he's got to face it head on. And of course, his first attempt... Doesn't go so well, but he's able to get fellow Sumerians out of captivity in there. Brissa, who, by the way, Brissa, the other thing I want to say about her is, uh, you know, um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, mm -hmm. when the, the Black Knight keeps, you know, I'm not dead yet. I'm not, <laughs> he's down to just a head hopping. That's what Brissa's like at this. It's like every time, you know, because again, they're going up against unsurmountable odds and Brissa's right in there. She's on the front run. She's getting injured left and right, but each time she's like, no, I can fucking, I can keep going. I can keep going. It has to come to like the end of the third issue where Conan goes, I know you can keep going. You can kick everybody's asses, but I need you to take these people out of here. That is the more honorable thing to do right now sort of thing. And so she does it. And that's when... Conan goes in full ire and he loses. And we get some Joseph Campbell's journey of the hero here. The idea of dying and resurrecting to become the true hero you are. Like that, it's like it has everything you want for like a classic literature story 
with all the blood and guts that you expect. It's metal AF. Yeah, and and he's got a magic blade, of course. So he meets yeah. like mythical warrior that's like, homie, that blade is for real. Like <laughs> he's like, you know what I did with that blade? Yeah. I handled the shit the first time with that blade. <laughs> exactly. So it's got everything you want, and it's just almost I would say almost perfect. The only quibble I might have, and that is the quibble I have with anything when you're kind of restarting do you think from you know a number one you do have to have like a little bit of expo but they Mm -hmm. get rid of most of that by the time we're in like the second half of the second issue and even then some of the expo i love i love like the map stuff at the beginning Mm -hmm. again it's like gives you that feeling that you get when you're kicking off the the menu screen on your extended edition of lord of the rings it gives you beginning of game of thrones like it's kind of that like oh a map (laughs) (laughs) and every region looks mountainous and dangerous like this is great i find that the people that get conan the best really dig deep into what made conan great to begin with and show the proper respect i feel that if they step away from the original robert e howard and try to make it more about like more about fantasy without grounding it in some form of reality that they lose their way. Like there was like back in 2010, there was that attempt to make a, uh, a Conan film. I think Jason Momoa played Conan in it. Mm-hmm. It was terrible because they kind of didn't get Conan. They had the right cast for it, but the story didn't work because they didn't get it. It's like, Oh no, the story is about Conan as this traveler. It's not about dragons and, mysticism all that stuff is there but without conan being like this dude who's just a dude who's very very much like a classic western character a man comes to town doesn't want any trouble but has to save the day when you lose that you lose conan and i feel like people like jim zub here get that and it's like he is the man with no name his physical design in this it has all the conan stuff you would expect including Honestly, bangs aren't for everyone, but he also has that physicality, the thick thighs saving many lives. And it's not even like the kind of, I'd almost say more delicate big two superhero Dorito body because he's just thick. The design of this is perfect in that let's take a man and then a preposterously large blade. So a blade that any other character would have to two hand but he can hold it in one yeah like he he'll sometimes put like a little extra into it and when he does you know that's that's it it's done so but somebody who looks like they can cleave through not just parts but whole bodies without breaking a sweat Mm. like that is the kind of physicality in his design and if anything i kind of love the terrible banks because it's like <laughs> he's not trying to look pretty. Yeah, it's just yeah. you know, like it's the thing. It's just thick black hair that kind of half can almost run over his face with those bangs, and uh, you know the olive skin. The, the nose has been broken. The nose has been broken. the The body is looks like it's cut in granite, but you can see the scars as well. You know, you can see that he's been through some shit, even though he does have the body of like a a Greek god type thing. But 
it just comes down to it is that he approaches every situation like, what's this? How can I help? Part of it is of arrogance because Conan is very arrogant in the sense that he thinks, well, of course I can help. It's always rooted in the positive realm of the fact that it's like, I'm going to save these people partly because it's the right thing to do and partly because it's a grand adventure. He doesn't shy away from grand adventure, but he also doesn't shy away from doing what is right. And that's what makes him the guy. You know, that's what makes him above all the other Sumerians in the sense that he's willing to go that extra mile. He's and, the best at what he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He is, he is the, the Wolverine of that age, definitely. And that all of that would be lost if it wasn't for the artwork of Rob Delator, who has that all there. You look at his, like everything we just said about his body, it's all there. The, the battles in this, you can follow the action completely. Nothing gets lost. Everything looks epic. Even if it's just like two characters on a page, the fight looks epic. The rendezvous in the cave that we both, we both enjoyed, that's epic as well, you know? Oh yeah. That looks like a good time. It also looks like he's a generous lover. Yeah. He doesn't just go right for it. Well, how can yeah. I help? You know, yeah. that's, that's what yeah. it comes down to. <laughs> you have my sword. But yeah, I think that it's, it's really well laid out. The pacing is great. The colors by Jose Villarubia are just awesome because they're not overly in your face, but they're not muted either. There's such a great, interesting color palette. Like if you look at the Army of the Lost, at some points when the light catches them, they look like normal men that have been disfigured through this curse. But at other points, they're painted by the nightlights, so it's like suddenly they're in greens and blues, and they look horrific and beautiful at the same time. And it's like... You just, you watch it and you go, my God, it would be amazing to see this battle come to life. This just jumps off the page. I do like the colors kind of give it a almost timeless kind of energy. Right. I could look at this and think, is this from 20 years ago? Or as we know, really just it's currently coming out, like started a few months back, especially like the different style. So the very sketched, hand-drawn by a really good DM vibes on the map and then the underwater dream sequence where we get it like really smoothed out and slightly desaturated but yeah to your point then when we're dealing with our zombie army they are very well matched to their environment so when we see them sort of marauding it's almost more stark and out of place but when they're playing with their home gear perfect like yeah yeah evil fortress your vibe like this all goes and then that's where the contrast of like our warm chocolatey kind of autumn brown colors that we have around Conan it's a nice contrast because he's so like full of life and earthy and this is cold hard mystic rock death energy contrasting with like my guy just wants to like help people and kill things and have sex with nice ladies in caves yeah yeah, that's best in life. I'll tell you that I, right there. He does hang on to his boots through the whole thing, though. Like, that's the one garment item that has almost little to no deterioration, even though he's, like, traveling many miles over hard road. But I do love his, like, little sock boots. He's a yeah. real Ugg girl. Yeah, well, You know, it's like fur is, fur is very warm in his dreams. Mm-hmm. So I was also very excited that in issue four, we finally heard somebody say, by crumb, which was, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I want some crumb in there. I want I want somebody cursing their god. Yes. That line for me, because I wasn't like really an old Conan head, didn't hit me. But the way you talk about it reminds me of the 
anytime I'm reading like a Luke Cage and you get that first sweet Christmas and I giggle like a child. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh it's a great moment. I'm really looking forward to seeing where the next arc goes. Just really blown away by the artwork and story in this one. Yeah. This is just a fun book to kind of remind you a little bit of simpler times, but also it kind of makes you want to go out and consume more fantasy stuff. You people should do that. You should go out and consume the first arc of Conan the Barbarian, which the the issues are out there. They're available at your local comic shop. They're available digitally. Check it out. They do some great work here. I really look forward to see where the series is going. Soft and suggestion, the physicals, the paper stock is so juicy. It's really nice. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a really nice, really nice finish yeah. on those pages, definitely. Uh, available from Titan Comics. Uh, definitely check it out. Well, we've come to the end of this week's episode of Back to Bloodbath. Petula, where can the good folks find you? At Inatif.com on social things at Obescantavit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-A-T, and here with you. Of course, you can find everything I do over at geekcardshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekcard. Follow me on Instagram at Andrew underscore of underscore geek underscore hard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath where we post the new episode every week. But the best way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. While you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. And, uh, you know, also, you know, we're getting into the colder months. So before it gets super cold, people go outside. Touch a little grass, breathe in some fresh air, get ready for a long winter. Hopefully you don't have to worry about the Army of the Lost. This has been Back to Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petula Neal. Have yourself a good...